Good afternoon, kitties. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome to the program, everybody. I'm your coach, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. You know, there's no manual. We don't have a manual to make it through this life. There's no uh, a there's dummy's no, guide for life. There's, there's not a dummy's guide for life. Yeah. Um, a dummy's. Uh, life for dummies? Yeah. Whatever, those books. We all know those We books. are your dummies book. See how I fix that? <laughs> We're the dummies on the radio. We are here to give you the tools, right? The toolbox to make it through life. So we thought today, apparently, some people have bad days, right? And then they string them into weeks, months, years, centuries. Lifetimes. Yeah. I guess that's less Millennia. than a century for the most part. Yeah. Then they die. We don't want you to do that. We want you to figure out how to take some of the bad stuff that happens to you and turn it into something good. And uh, that's the goal of the show. We've got a killer guest today. Good friend of mine, Mike Schlapp, he's coming in. He's going to tell you his story. Uh, He wrote a book called Shot Happens. And a great book. The guy got shot. That's all I'm going to say. Paralyzed. I guess I'm going to say that. He's still alive today. Success. Doing quite well. Doing very Thriving, well. I would Thriving. say. Uh, stud. Incredible guy. He's going to tell us the story. We're going to also figure out, I'm sure Bryce is going to do a little ranty rant. Uh, you know, everyone has bad days. Get over it kind of thing. No, that's not what it is. Let me, let me, let me guess your rant. Hey. Oh, how do you start your, your segment? It's always really good. I'm not. I'm not. Anyway, you sound like Andy Rooney. Do I? The young version. I don't know if that's the better version. No, it is. Okay. Hey, people have bad days. Grow up. Hey, what's the deal with bad days? Ha, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Glad he's had a career since that. Yeah. See, that's so you get over it. Do you guys ever have, like, really, what's a bad day? I don't feel like I have bad days. Like, I really don't think, oh, that day was bad. I just think of kind of moments. That was a bad moment. This morning I had a bad moment because the way we have to wake up my son, he doesn't get up with an alarm. He needs conjuring. Have you, okay. My, he needs manipulation. My sister has probably the best wake up method. What? Um, so it's it's pretty nonviolent. Pretty okay. well, nonviolent. Yeah. We don't um, want violence. But it's like absolutely irritating. So- you know how pillows are soft and bouncy? Okay. Um, well, you can dribble a human head like a basketball. No, I've done that, yeah. Um, you but, bounce them. But you just go. But if you can get a good rhythm going, you can get the head with going. head like against a, the pillow. Yeah, and then up and down, up and down, up and down. You can't, how can you sleep during that? It's messing with like every single system. Well, you know, um, there's a thing called shaking baby. Well, you don't do it to babies. Well, I'm sure there's a thing called shaking toddlers. I don't, I don't know if it applies any. Well, I mean, you know. I've, you can shake a teen. It just hurts. <laughs> They're really just so bad. heavy. They're so heavy to shake. So you just your, your sister just bounces their head. I do that kind of. But I have to go up to my son's room. We call him on the phone. 
And he doesn't, sometimes he'll answer and he'll put me on FaceTime. And I'm like, hey, hey. And he'll, uh, uh, and he won't talk. So then, so, you know, it literally takes me 15 minutes to get him up. I've tried everything else. Tried taking away everything. He doesn't care. Have you tried cooking some bacon in the morning? It wouldn't do it. Are you sure? He's not, he's not like food doesn't move him. When I was younger, my mom, if she came down to wake you up, you knew you were you could sleep in for another half hour. Because she just keeps saying Because she would just be like, Hannah, come on, time to get up. Come time on, to get up. sweetie. You heard my dad walking down the stairs at all, and you were like jumping what did, out why, of bed as fast as possible. What did he just... Um, I think it was just fear of what he could do. Hey, is your dad available, like mornings? Yeah, he's in in Kentucky, but I think he could fly him in. If he if he just come in for a week. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of starts us off because he doesn't want to get out of bed. Then we got to get him into the shower. And it's really, it's hard. I think the only time I ever remember him doing something is he super soakered my brother. Well, not like. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> he just, so he just soaked the kid. Yeah, while he was in bed. Did the kid get out of bed? Oh, yeah. Well, and from that, I mean, I don't think anyone ever really at that point had ever dared yeah. even see what could happen so well uh, that's a, those are great ideas uh bounce his head or su- no, no. super dribble soak. oh dribble sorry, his sorry, head. Sorry, sorry 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 dribble his head on a cushiony pillow or super soak him that's what sets my day off that kind of makes it hard and then i have another son that's like you got to take me now take me to school now <sighs> okay and now then Matt, he just wants to learn he just wants to he's, he's get begging educated. father please Educate me. I want a better future, Dad. I was, and I was today. I was this close to educating him. I was this close. I was going to just educate him, give him all kinds uh-huh. of learnings uh-huh. with the learning stick. <laughs> we call it the learning. The, the stick. learning switch. The switch. Go get a switch off the tree. He'd bring back like a light switch. Here you go, Dad. Got it. Is this what you needed? <laughs> Never mind. So I don't have bad days. I have bad. Like moments, I would I would always see like okay, I had a bad morning, but not a bad afternoon. So okay, so you know how there's that store build a bear. Okay, I want yeah. you to build a bad day. So so okay. the first part of your day is your kids are needy. Well, even before that, uh, I okay. Here's one. It's five a.m. Okay, and I need to get up. And let's assume that you went to bed at like twelve thirty. If your okay. emails let's are say, any indication, right. yeah, let's, that's, that's about a when very you accurate thing. I go to bed at 12.30, and my prostate's knocking. <laughs> and that's exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to let you hear it. And I'm like, hey, somebody get the prostate. And it's like, time to go to the bathroom. So I get up and go to the bathroom. But my foot doesn't work. Ah, Because I have plantar foot. fasciitis. Oh. But it's, I'm fixing it, actually. I figured out a cure. <sighs> I'm not going to talk about it, because it's private, until I can patent it. I'm, I, I, okay, I tied my toes to my kneecap. I just taped them with duct tape. Huh. Stretches that little plantar out. Boom. Nice and stretched. Now it's nice and flappy. How do you how do you prevent it from sticking to other things? That's a problem. That's I did. That's, I actually woke up with okay. my wife's foot stuck to my knee. <laughs> it was embarrassing. But um, we so that that that's a bad day. You get started. You're trying to go to the bathroom. You can't stand. That's bad. Or the or I get up at five and then I can't go back to sleep because that's bad. That's well, a bad day. Your that body's like, oh, we're day. up. It's time to yeah. get up. And no, you have like an hour and a half left. Shaving, and I don't like to shave, and it's a shave day. <laughs> some days are shave days. Do you, on and off? Mm-hmm. I, well, I, some days I just have to shave. You know, if people are going to see me, I shave. Today I didn't shave. The glories of Saturdays. Today, 
Ew. <laughs> no shade day. Um, that was my cheek. And so that starts a bad day. Then I get all burnt. Then my face hurts. Then I go in there and there's, I don't know, oatmeal. Probably the most average way to start yeah. a day. Oatmeal. You're like, it isn't. Nah. It's not oatmeal. bad. Or if I like... have like a really early client, that's a bad, that's just a hard start. You know, I'm trying to help. Oh, those those 11.30 clients yeah. starting so early. Golly. So that that's a bad start. I, then other than that, as long as I, here's my big key I found. As long as I get breaks where people leave me alone and everyone walks away from me, I'm great. This job helps a lot because I have an hour drive, an hour drive home. Hour of, it's two hours of alone time. It's lovely. I'm jealous. Sleep the whole way. <laughs> Piece of cake. It's a straight shot. So your criteria for a bad day is one without breaks. Yeah. Uh, and a plantar issue. And, uh, yeah. yeah, dead foot. Fast <laughs> If I'm dragging my leg around, that's a bad day. That's it. I, it's not about hair days. Don't care. Clothes. Oh, that's a bad day. Lately, I've been ironing all my own clothes. It's such a waste of time. Totally. I'm telling you seriously, if, a, if I meet a girl... And while I'm getting to know her, if she says, you know, I really like ironing clothes, I will I will find the first ring that I can Marry and me. I will throw it at her. Do you see? I'm actually an excellent ironer. I I don't want to brag. I, I rock it. I rock <laughs> You've got the, the ironing talent. board. I know the order you're supposed to do your shirts in. There's an order. Don't know if you know the order. Uh, no, I don't. I Do you ladies know the order? No. Are you kidding? I don't iron clothes ever. Yeah, I don't Are know Are you how to kidding? Iron. I know how to. But what I don't have your parents to. done like, to you? Like my dad, he'll ask me, like, iron my shirt, and I'm apparently terrible at it. Didn't know that there was a There's right a way. or wrong way. Yeah. You guys want to know the I didn't order? I know that. This will save everybody out there in listener land. This is obvious. I mean, hello. I like to do uh, the collar first. Just do starch it if I can. I like to then you do the back, the shoulder back that goes over the back of your shoulders. You iron that. Some people iron that first, then the collar. It doesn't matter, kind of either one. Then you then you iron the sleeves, then the back, then the front. Boom. So I do that now. That takes me twenty five minutes a day. That's a bad day. When I realize I don't have a shirt and I've got to iron a shirt. That's twenty five minutes. I calculate what I make hourly every day. And I Judge it that I shouldn't be doing this because this is not worth my time. And There's got to be a dry cleaner. There is, but then I I still do it. It's actually very cathartic. I work out a lot of stuff. You like see the wrinkle. You're just like Shh, I'm steam gonna, that. I'm gonna soak you, and then and then you're gonna be yeah. gone forever. See, so I have and a really good burn life. It. I don't have bad days. I'm not stuck in adversity. I'm not. You guys, on the other hand, apparently have some bad days. Apparently, Victoria, queen of the bad day. No, okay. I, I don't complain. I don't have very many bad days. But yesterday... Except that one time. Yeah. When you guys were prepping for the show, we were talking about how um, like someone could like stub their toe and they would be like, oh, I had a terrible day. Yeah, my toe was and so And then like inflamed. the person next to them has like cancer and you're like, really? Was your day that bad? Yeah. Like, uh. All things considered. So... But what did we say about the toe? If, if that was her only toe... <laughs> if that was your last big if toe... If that was the only toe you had left... That's a big day. Then, yeah, that's not good. So I thought of this time when I was younger. I was, I think, like three. My family and I went out to dinner. And long story short, I ended up 
falling out of the booth at the restaurant, and I hit my head on the hardwood floor. Whoa. Cried for a little bit. They gave me some food. I was good. You were good. Yeah. French fries. But then, <laughs> yeah. Pack no, it with We were French at Old Spaghetti rice. Factory. Mac okay, yeah. Come on. Mm. So. Mm, yummy. Then, um, a couple days later, I was at preschool, and my mom gets a call from my teacher saying that, like, I'm falling off the slide, and I'm running into walls and things like that. And Uh-oh. My mom's like, oh, my gosh. You my started kid, drinking. Like, <laughs> Were you drinking? I was. The toddler alcoholism <laughs> is out of control in My this sippy cup, That's I had a bad like five day. that day. So, yeah, anyways, so she like takes me to the hospital and they're like running all these CAT no scans way. and like things on my brain like to make sure like, yeah. oh my gosh, does she have brain damage? Like why is she walking weird? Why is she talking weird? And my mom <laughs> retells the story and she's like, I felt so bad because I was crying. And everyone's like, oh, well, your kid was hurt. Like, that's normal. And then she's like, no, you don't get it. Like, when I was younger, I hadn't had a haircut yet. So my hair was, like, long and curly, and it was blonde. And really? And she was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to cut my kid's hair. <laughs> she's like, these parents next to me were probably crying because their kid does have, like, brain yeah, damage. Yeah, yeah. And she was worried that her first child was going to get their first haircut on the operation table. Well, but... Victoria, I mean, you would look weird, bald. I think most people do, but... Well, not bald people. Uh... <laughs> Depends. <That's sad. laughs> I don't know. Bald, yeah. but shaving your head, not it's always not an improvement. It's not a good thing, no. No, it's not. I, no. You, where, how did you go from blonde to brunette? That's oh, weird. Oh, so then, like a year <gasps> later... Was that because of the injury? <laughs> <laughs> Just yes. knocked her in the head, turned her hair brown. <laughs> oh. She recolored. No, I'm actually, I'm like Rapunzel. A year later, my dad convinced me <laughs> to, really? to cut my hair, and it grew back brown and straight. Did they shave your head? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so either way, you were getting your head shaved. No, they didn't yeah. shave my head. What was actually wrong with you that you were walking into walls? I got a concussion. It was yeah. all good. Everyone's you had know. a concussion. Yeah. Wow. So that would have been a bad day. Almost adversity. Almost. Not quite, though. But the hair, it seems like it's been adversity, you know, throughout your life. Yeah. Should we do a deal where we shave our heads? No. Okay. Maybe I've... Bryce will do that with you. No. <laughs> Hannah Montana, you want to shave your head? I'm going to pass. Okay. I guess I'll do it by myself. <sighs> it's kind of rude. Hannah, do you have bad days? Um, I do have bad days. I do. A lot or a little? A little. What constitutes a bad day for Hannah Montana? Um, the non-Miley Cyrus version. I, I <laughs> well, back in my acting days, I uh, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. No, um, I don't usually have like bad day. I'll have like a bad couple of days. It's usually three days. Wow. And, so it's kind of um, like you're stuck in a yeah. funk. I um. It was actually last, like, two semesters ago or something. I was, it was probably the worst couple of days I've ever had in my life. But I actually wasn't in a terrible mood. It's just a lot of bad stuff was happening. Like, like, because I have clients always say, I, I had a guy, I can't give too many details, involved in a very serious crash that was made the news. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have survived. He walked away. And he was so mad. He was even he was mad at God. He was mad at everybody because, you know, he's See, I feel like for me when I have vehicle. hard stuff happening, I actually feel 
I feel blessed. <laughs> so you, okay. Weird. But it has to be like bad stuff, not just, you know, like, oh, my hair looks awful today. But last semester, I had like three days in which I lost, I totaled my car. Oh, boy. B, and I had to get a brain MRI and a bunch of scans because I blacked out because I was having really bad headaches. Have you seen, have you seen Victoria's doctor? I, yeah, he Check, said that. I'd talk to him. Okay. Because they'll shave your head. Yeah. <laughs> And it's probably just a concussion. They'll change your hair color, too. It's great. Yeah. yeah. If you'd shave your head, you'll go brunette. That would be really weird. I would look just like my sister. That would freak me out. Twinners. So then what was the third thing? Um, And I lost my job because oh I was missing work way too much because I was so in the about, hospital and stuff. So see, it happened in three days, and it was awful. Would you call those three days adversity? Or would you say those that was just three consecutive bad days? I would call I would call it adversity. Uh, for me, bad days are like my makeup goes on weird. Oh, really? And it doesn't ruin my day. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna go around today feeling self conscious. Don't you put your makeup on? No. So, so it just you just throw it. It just goes. Yeah, on. Yeah, I just I like lay it all out and then I roll your face. face in it. In it. <laughs> well, I think I see why it goes on weird. Because um, that's okay. So, because one of our issues or questions that we had yesterday is what constitutes adversity? Is it a bad day? Or do you need like a diagnosis of something bad to create adversity? Or do you is life just adversity? And I know, I know um, Leroy Bryce Tobin has been thinking about this for 12 hours. Well, I only came into work at noon, so. Oh, wow. I mean. So three hours. We're at about three. <laughs> well, even still. Let's yeah. round it down to okay. two. For the last <laughs> half hour, Leroy, what have, you, what have you come up with? What makes it adversity? Because, I mean, bad days consecutive i mean it seems like life's supposed to be a have adversity it's supposed well, to be difficult if life isn't hard what's the point um, we just don't need to make it hard yeah you don't need to make it hard on like yourself. you don't need to roll around in your makeup to put it on you could you're gonna go blind one day i would say adversity is when things that are totally out of your control yes just pile up on you when just the randomness yeah. the unpredictable parts of life just all kind of happen at once. Yeah. And non-controllable, random, out of your hands. Yeah. And it just, that's just what happens. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's one or two things, but it's got to be adversity when all of them just sort of just like dog pile on your yeah. face. Why do you think it's so devastating to us? Like, I mean, I get it. That's hard, but it'll go away. It gets better. Will it go away? I guess that, there it is. It goes away. Some I mean, things go away. But see, I think sometimes once you're in that funk, you start noticing stuff more. Like, not only did my makeup not work, but my car keys are missing. And I always lose things. And I lose things. And, oh, man, I'm fat. <laughs> well, Whatever. that's just when you're, like, dramatizing everything in your head. Yeah. And it's it, it just goes up and up and up. And then some at some point you come down and you're like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. I don't have cancer. I'm fine. See, that's kind of what my default is, is it could be a lot worse. That's why I love our guest today, because our guest, he's actually had it bad. He had a bad experience. But when you hear him tell the story, he's not going to just sit there and wallow in it. I mean, it was bad. Bad. It's not like, he, I mean, it was like worse than shaving your head. Bad. It's <sighs> Tori. pretty bad. We're calling Victoria Tori, by the way. We tried every it's other name, every other derivative of her name, yeah. and Tori's the one that stuck. Vicky. We no, tried Vicky. Don't do that. Vic. We tried Ick, but none of those stuck. Thanks. What about like Vickster? Hmm, yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you know this though, Vicky. Um, 
<laughs> we don't. We, we actually, on this show, we choose the name. Mm. I know your parents tried. Yeah. We were actually better at it. Good than one. Oh, okay. Yeah. My cousin and I were like three weeks apart. His name's Nicholas. I'm Victoria. The first mm. time my grandma held us, she was like, my Nikki and my Vicky. And oh, you just grab bad. her mouth and bad. just pull her teeth out. <laughs> Don't yes. mess with me, grandma. Do not call me Vicky. Um, bad. Well, whatever we're going to come up with a name for you. Okay. I mean, a name like that's that's honorable, like Skyboy. I like that. A name that Not is mine, powerful. Victory. Victory's pretty good. V is for victory. I, don't I like know. it. That's pretty good. We may even make you a superhero. <gasps> Anything's better than Leroy. So has anybody heard about just to check in real fast on this? Our own Skyboy suffering his own adversity with some nice, uh, yeah. visitors on the scalp region. Have you heard anything? Um, he actually broke out into hives. All over. He's got hives too? He's got mega hives. So, so is he having a bad day or is that adversity? Well, I think if you knew Sky really well, you'd know it's adversity. Well, no, I'd say it's just, just, just desserts. Yeah. And that kid loves dessert. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he has... He has a rash? Well, Hives. he is a rash. Poor guy. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to have um, Bryce text Skyboy, see if we can get an update to find out about his health condition, find out uh, about the little critters that are, um, you know, in his hair, and see if uh, how he's doing, how the delousing has worked. Uh, we're going to also come back. By the way, that's adversity. And that's today's show, talking about adversity. Are you suffering some? How do you overcome it? I mean, if you just watch your Facebook posts long enough, you're going to see a bunch of adversity with people. A lot of people talk about their uh, adversity. I think, I think you're going to see a bunch of people who think they have adversity. Yeah. Just we're, my thought. We're going to give you an expert today that's going to show you how to get out of your funk. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That moment of silence brought to you by Vicky, our tech, our board operator. Really, actually, it's just the computer freezing okay, on you. Okay, that's what it is. And then we're all like, oh, great. <laughs> it's dead. You it's know, dead. Let's, we're thanks, all going to get fired. Let's go to Victory over. right now. Victory, uh, did, are you having a bad day yet? No, that was just a really embarrassing moment. No, that was good. That was so. fun. It's, you know what? For me, super fun to watch how you handled that. That was great. Next thanks. time, don't scream, though. And don't put your heads, don't put your hands above your head and shake them. Okay, lesson. You either, Bryce. Oh, I just. <laughs> you just sat there. That's my watched natural it. reaction. Things are happening. <laughs> no, he was laughing at me. I know, that he thought was it fun. was so funny. It was fun for all of us. Hey, uh, Bryce Lamar Tobin has put together um, a little bit. He, he has a view about if you're going to have adversity, or you know, if you're having a bad day, maybe the key to the bad day is you just don't point it out. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Things aren't always going to go right. And sometimes it's bad enough that just one or two things have gone horribly wrong. But the most irritating part has got to be when you have a witness. And then you want to know how that gets worse? When your witness decides to point and laugh. 
Story time. I was hosting a little shindig this weekend. Among the many fine hors d'oeuvres, I had some sodas. Now, I know how soda works. I'm very familiar with it. Anytime I opened a new bottle, I made sure to let some pressure release before opening it all the way up. When you're dealing with lots of sodas at a time, one of them is bound to get bounced around a little bit, so you just never know. We had nine bottles. I opened eight of them just fine. But one of them snuck up on me. A stealthy explosion. I didn't even know anything was wrong until it was too late. I capped it off as fast as I could, but there was a bit of spillage and some got on me. My initial thought was, well dang, that was inconvenient, but at least it's over and no one really noticed. Then to my right I heard someone go, ha ha ha! I turned and saw a man in his late 20s pointing his finger at the soda and laughing. I made sure to give him a look so intense that it almost solidified into an actual dagger that could have endangered his life. Look, I get it, it's nice when you get to witness things go wrong. It's all the enjoyment with none of the consequences. But why do some people have this train of thought? Something awful happens, they see it, it delights them, and then while they're within arm's reach, they somehow think it's a good idea to let the victim know that they saw it and enjoyed their bad luck. What really surprises me though, is when people do this within arm's reach. It's like taunting a polar bear. There's no sense of humor, and you just get murdered. I don't see how this is worth it. And then there's the really complicated part of this. If you can, do you help them out at all? It's like the constructive way of pointing and laughing. You're telling them, hey, something awful happened. Please allow me to draw attention to it. Sometimes when things go wrong, they just want to wallow in it for a little bit. Maybe there's something therapeutic in the wallowing, or maybe they're just trying to trick themselves into thinking, hey, we enjoy this because why else would I stay like this? but it never actually works. So don't be that person. If you see the moment when someone's luck runs out and they aren't in any mortal danger, go on your way, smile to yourself, and just be thankful you're still enjoying your good luck for the time being, because things will change. They always do. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. I won't. Thank you. Oh, were you talking to me? I was, ta- I was talking to the world, man. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess just but the states. You know what? It's a, it's an interesting point. When you make a mistake or, or you fall, like let's say you fell down the stairs. Yes. You We shouldn't all look and laugh at you because that's rude. Right? Oh, it's, yeah. Let's go to Vicky right now. Vicky? I would laugh. Okay. See, you, did you not hear that bit? Because the bit says I we don't did. do that. That's no, rude. I would laugh but as well. I would be arms with... Not within arms reach. But I, but I wouldn't like run up to the person who just fell, jump on their back, and, like, give them a big them hug, like, ha, ha, ha. and then laugh right in their no. ear. Ha ha ha, you, you fell would, over. You would take your laughter somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yes. More behind their back laughter. That's fine. What do they know? You just don't want to make their day worse by pointing out. Okay, one more example. Uh, let's say you're giving a speech to, I don't know, let's just say hypothetically 400 people. Let's say they're nurses. Let's say your zipper's down. Uh, Matt, that's embarrassing. You do that? The no, old barn door. hypothetical. Oh, okay. But it hits very close to home. They weren't nurses. Oh. They were doctors. And that's embarrassing. Uh, would you go say something? Because in a way, you're kind of like, because you'd almost have to like, <laughs> you got a little zipper problem. It's like, it's like you have to be, you just have to like, Cause you don't write want, it out. Well, you don't, but you don't want them to just stand there. That's embarrassing. So you're going to help a man out? Or are you just going to walk away? No. Watch and enjoy. When that guy, hypothetically, gets to his car and notices his zippers down, he's going to... He's going to cry. He's going to be a wreck. No, that's when you laugh at yourself, though. No, that's when the rest of your day you're like, no way. Then you tell your wife, and then she says, why did you do that? That question, why? Dumbest question on earth. <laughs> hypothetically, because this doesn't happen to me. But I would say, 
Assuming this individual assuming is married. Assuming this happened to me, I'd say, get off my back. True. Maybe they're weird enough that they're not married. Maybe. See, that's a bad day. That's not adversity. Bad day. And that's a whoops. You're saying, look away. Well, just train wreck. Just look keep away. going along with it. Okay. But, you know, help maybe. I would say help. Help, then walk away. Don't bring it up again. <laughs> don't, just that's don't ever see that person's code. face. Never bring it up again. <laughs> and, unless you really want to have one up on the No guy. chick moments. That's what I've heard. Really? That's what I've heard. Okay. Which is a little sexist, but that is sexist. we get it. No chick flick moments. How's so that? Does that mean I get to bring it up again? Sure. You can bring it up anytime you want. Awesome. Okay. But remember, we haven't given you your nickname yet. True. So I'm trying them all on. I still, Vicky comes the easiest. I know you don't like it. I won't use it if you don't like it. <laughs> I, it's probably going to be Tori. I don't know. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with a good friend of mine. The, Mike Schlappy's his name. He has got the story that is going to show you and the tools and the ideas behind it for how he figured out how to kind of get over his adversity, turn it into something else in his life. And uh, he's going to give us the tools and the ideas. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, overcoming adversity right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, today we got a doozy for you, Mike Schlappy in the house. Uh, this is uh, this today's day is overcoming adversity. That's the topic. And the very first guest when I said when I got my radio show, I decided I've got to get the very best guests of all time. So my very first guest of all time mm-hmm. was Michael Schlappy. Now. He also, you may have seen him, he's a Paralympic athlete, four-time Paralympic medalist in the USA men's wheelchair basketball team, two-time world champion in the wheelchair basketball. He uh, is the author of two inspirational books, Bulletproof Principles for Personal Success and Motivational Leaders, plus a new book that's out, what, a year, Mike? Couple years. Couple years. Now, I'm going to say the name of the book. Mike was my very first guest of all time. The name of the book is called Shot Happens. Don't say anything more, Mike. Do not say <laughs> I anything more. Because <laughs> Mike was my first guest, and you know we're broadcasting from Brigham Young University, so we like to keep our language clean and healthy. And Mike was just explaining on our very first show what Shot Happens, because there's a reason you use the word shot, because you were shot. Yes, I was. Mike has been shot. He was shot. We're going to let him tell the story. But here's the deal with Mike. Uh, He speaks all over the place. If you want a killer speaker, this is the man for you. This is the guy that will take your people to another level, motivate them, but I think inspire them and get them to understand, uh, you know, how good life can be and how good their lives are. Um, master's degree in business administration and healthcare from Arizona State University. Go to his website, Mike Schlappy, S-C-H-L-A-P-P-I.com. Mike, thanks for being here, bud. Good to be here. Appreciate you having me back after I swore the first time. I know. You look good, though. Well, thank you. I sent some people to rough you up. Did they find you? Uh, yes, I wasn't in a wheelchair, and now I am. <laughs> now so. they, you, you're right. You just started walking, and then they beat you up. <laughs> Rude! 
Um, so Schlappy, how's life? Happy. How? Because it makes no sense. You're in a wheelchair. You should be miserable. Uh, Isn't that well, what people think? Yes, that's what people think. And sometimes I use it to my advantage. Do you? Because I would. Well, yeah, it's one of the coping mechanisms. When yeah. you've got pain, why not use it? But I just believe that happiness is a little bit of a conscious choice. So. Yeah. Well, and you, you don't even believe that. You live it. I hope so. You really do. I mean, I know you. Uh, my kids heard you speak and they still talk about it. Like I'm sick of it. Because I talk too. I'm a speaker too, and nobody talks about me, but my kids talk about you all. Like when they got to meet you, they thought they had met like the king, LeBron James. Well, we feel the same way about you, and I'm sick of hearing your name. So, well, but I'm glad to help people. (laughs) That's that from your wife or from your kids? (laughs) My wife calls me crappy shalappy, but you can call me happy shalappy. Happy shalappy. And you've got a great family. Tell us, and I kind of, I want to get into the story. But here's what I, because in a way, I also want to get into adversity because as we sit, people are out there driving and we tried to talk earlier about whether a bad day constitutes adversity, right? It seems like adversity should be more, you know, kind of over time, consistent, bad days. But if, if some of this, we might be conjuring up, do you believe that? I believe it. Some people love having bad days. That's their identity. Makes them feel good. Gives them an excuse. Yeah. Uh, But bad days are real. Mm -hmm. Uh, My being paralyzed in a wheelchair may be no worse than one of your listeners' headache. Yeah. And so pain and adversity are absolutely real. Uh, We have to own them, but now what we're going to do? It's interesting, too, about this whole idea that one event can set up your entire life in a whole different way that you never anticipated. Just one day. One day, day, one shot happens, can take you from being a star athlete, running down the street, jumping up on the porch, to being in an intensive care room, Mm. thinking maybe you ought to pull the plug out and finish it all. You wanted it. You wanted to be done. Uh, Some days. Yeah. Some days. Well, you were young. Maybe get into the story. You were 14, student body president, right? Yeah, living right here in... Good happy old Valley. Utah County, Happy <laughs> Valley, Happy Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah. On my way to a football practice, life's just perfect. Never really knew anybody in a wheelchair. Knew anybody disabled. Yeah, that was that was so foreign. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's for old people. A kid, an yeah. orchard, to go hunting and fishing, basketball mm. star, and never walked out of that house. My friend and I got messing around with his dad's police gun. Thought he emptied it. Uh, hey. you, you thought he emptied it. He thought it was empty. Uh, yeah, we both. He thought he took all the bullets out of it. I Man. remember seeing the bullets laying on the white bedspread. I could have picked them up. Uh, just one of those things, three feet away. Pulled no. it up to his hip. Right. Talking to me as all this is going on. Points it right at my chest and bang. Man. I remember the sound. Jeez. And the feel. Do you remember it? Kind of. In shock. Hit my chest. Punctured my lung. Hit my spine. Knocked me back onto the white bedspread. I passed out. My friend freaked out. I thought I was going to die. Man. Uh, and you know the first thing I did, Matt? What? I started bargaining with heaven. Did you? That's what a lot of people do when they're in real pain. You have to. They I mean, start, like, I'll change. I, pro- I, I didn't change. mean to. I'll, Tell mom I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll change. I'll be a better person. I just want to live. This is what I went through. Yeah. I was scared. My friend's freaking out. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what went. What? What uh, what did your friend do? What do you do when you've just shot someone and they're on your parents' bedspread? 
I think he did what most kids would do. He freaked out. That's what I would have done. Ran in the kitchen, ran from it, pounding on the piano, throwing dishes. And I'm laying there just begging that he'll get back in here because I couldn't get to the phone yeah. on the wall. Hello. And fortunately, yeah. he did. Did he? He finally found himself. Found himself, found me, started shaking me. <clears throat> did he wake up? Wake up. This isn't real. This isn't real. This can't be happening. Oh, my heavens. And then he ran to the phone. This is before cell phones. Yeah. He ran to the phone on the wall, called my mom. She showed up. I'm my mama's boy, as oh, you know. Oh, I know. Totally. And, uh, yeah, just changed my life. That's what you'd mentioned. It just shifted. Everything. Altered. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm still me, but it absolutely sent my life down a road less traveled. And your mom's life, your family, your, I mean, everyone was rocked. Your na- I mean, I just, it has to have been everybody, the, even the boy, especially the boy even. Yes. The other boy that shot yeah, you. Yeah, everybody. He, he. He never really was the same. I and mean, we, we'd hang out. We'd go to the mall. It was awkward. People yeah. would say, what happened to you? Oh, he shot me. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> and so it's, it, uh, it, it changed. And, you know, you make a good point. I mean, it changed all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And they were always there for me. Yeah. But when they'd leave and go home from the hospital, there were quiet times when it was just me and my thoughts. Uh. When I had some destructive thoughts. Yeah. It's the head that it's the head that really drives the adversity in a way. It seems like I mean the body's one thing, but how your head handles it, I guess, determines your feelings, your moods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna feel what you feel, but I think your head can kind of yeah like stick with good it. principles or say I'm gonna do this or make it to that point or not quit or whatever you go yeah. through. I'm a personal believer that adversity brings out your personality. It, it magnifies throw, you. Magnifies you. Can throw you off a cliff. You're done. It can bring out the good qualities in you. you know, that's so huge. I, that's I, actually so. If somebody's out there listening and they just ha- got a diagnosis, there's adversity. Now we see. Now it's the magnifier. Yeah, the if chance you're, for if you. You're a you're, problem solver. If you're a person that's not going to quit. If you're a person that believes you can get through this with some help. Yeah. It'll it'll magnify those things, and your strengths will come to the forefront. Man, Mike Schlappy, we, we got to take a break, but. Um, I know you got lessons here, and I, you're, you're so funny about this because you're you're so humble in your own adversity. Like you don't. Anyway, mm-hmm. you think you'd be kind of more just willing to just. Here's my advice, but you're very like you know it's different for everyone, and I was this way. So I just I'm just giving that as a heads up for everyone. He's Mike's a very humble, humble guy. I got some strong opinions. We'll get into them. Okay, after good. The break. I want to hear them. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. We're uh, talking with Mike Schlappy. Four-time Paralympic medalist in the USA men's wheelchair. By the way, uh, carried the torch into the arena, right, for uh, the Olympics. Well, actually into the Winter Olympics into in the Salt Winter Lake Olympics City. In Salt mm-hmm. Lake City. Yeah. So if you think back to those days, he was the guy in the wheelchair sporting a fire. 2002, that right after nine one one. I remember that. I remember seeing that and saying, that guy's a stud. We're going to take a break. Coming right back. We're overcoming, teaching the skills to overcome adversity with Mike Schlappy. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are uh, talking adversity. Now, you know, everyone's been to some degree through one level of adversity or another. We can't judge yours versus mine. But uh, I wanted to bring on somebody that's gone through it, kind of pushed through it, 
it, and it, I don't think certain forms of adversity never end. It's not like Mike's done struggling with what happened. Uh, Mike Schlappy is joining us. He's the president of Mike Schlappy Communications, which provides motivational speaking and inspirational multimedia products for businesses and organizations. He's a certified speaking professional from the National Speakers Association, author of two inspirational books, actually three now, Bulletproof Principles for Personal Success, Motivational Leaders, and Shot Happens. Uh, He's also the founder and director of the Wheelchair Sports Foundation, four-time Paralympic medalist in the USA men's wheelchair basketball team, and two-time world champion in the wheelchair basketball. Uh, Anyway, go to MikeSchlappy.com. Michael, friend shoot you, just messing around, shoot you through the gut, through the lungs, to the spine, paralyzed. Yes. Wake up in the hospital. Mom's a mess, I bet. Your mom... Loves you to death. Were you? You're not the oldest. No, almost. Got the bro- brother a year older than yeah. me, and a bunch of younger siblings. What? Uh, what's that like? So you said that you know it's one thing when everyone's in the hospital and you can be social and fun, Mike. Then they all leave you. How long were you in the hospital? Several months. Uh, a week in intensive care, stabilizing, making sure I'm going to live. Uh, trying to figure out if I want to go on, and then you go to rehab and start doing things different. Did they know instantly that you were going to not walk again? They wouldn't use that language, but yeah, they knew it. And if your legs don't come back within a few weeks, they're not coming back. It usually means the spinal cord is completely severed instead of just damaged or yeah. bruised or whatever. What what goes through your mind? What's going through your head then? You know, at that age, you're thinking about sports and girls and uh, why me? Yeah. I think why me goes through your head. Yeah. Mad what? at God. Why me? I'm an athlete. These things should happen to like chess players or talk show hosts. <laughs> right. or... <laughs> they sit all the time. <laughs> yeah. They just well, sit why did you look anyway. at me I'm when you said that? Wheelchair. That was rude. <laughs> He's staring right at me. <laughs> talk show host. But it's, it's just, you needed your legs. You were an athlete, your whole family, athletic, hunting, getting out there. That was my identity was busyness and mountains and hunting and sports. And so, I think I had to do some deep reflection. I had to change. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in change and doing things different. I had to shift. Yeah. I had to be willing to own it. This wasn't going to go away. It doesn't mean I'm weird. It doesn't mean I'm bad. I'm just different. Different isn't bad. It's just mm-hmm. different. So I started to look at this wheelchair not as a weakness, not as a bad thing, just as a help thing. It just gets me around. Yeah. Push same, through it. Push same through guy. It. That's what is it's so cool. You're, I mean, you're the same guy. In fact, actually... You're probably a better guy. I hope so. Don't you think? In I mean, some you would have been a jerk. Oh, I am still a jerk sometimes. <laughs> so can you imagine without the wheelchair? <laughs> you needed to be <laughs> taken down a notch. Isn't that? But it's really because um, you're phenomenal and you're human. Yeah, I think that's what it did for me a little bit looking back. I mean, I don't know what humility is to me necessarily, yeah. but I think it knocked some of the dust off. Yeah. It made me more real. Yeah. I uh, live in a lot of pain, physical pain. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it caused me to be, I don't know, I had to think a little bit more mm-hmm. about things. I had to be more willing to accept that other people might, even though I knew I was okay, I might roll into a room and look confident. I know there's all these people staring at me. Some of them think weird thoughts. Yeah. Or, so, I, you know, I, all the, I had to process. I had to change. And how do you process that at 15? I mean, what, to, or 14? What depth? You don't even have depth, really. I guess... You just 
process it at your level, and then next year we process it process it at a new level. Yeah, and I don't know that even I even went through all the emotions you're supposed to. You know, yeah. I was supposed to go through denial and all this anger, and I never did. Didn't you? When the counselor sent me home from the hospital, he warned my parents I was going to go through a freakout episode. Yeah, he was going to break down. And it's been 36 years later, a week from now, and I still, well, I'm- So it could still happen. It could still happen, <laughs> maybe today. But I never, I'm, you know, I just- I just dove in. I wasn't raised to quit. You, you, you solve the problems and you get help and you you move forward. I mean, I'm not saying that's always the proper yeah. way to do it, but I did not hide in a corner and quit. Do you see it as adversity? Like, do you see that? Do you ever just sit there and go, boo-hoo, like a poor me? I mean, it seems like it's just you. Honestly, I really don't anymore. I, I In fact, I don't know that I ever did. Yeah. I almost took it and flipped it as an advantage. Right. I really- Like How? Well, oh, I mean, you I can, guess you can get a lot a, of attention. To grab her, it's an attention. Uh, you get game. attention. You learn about yourself. Uh-huh. Um, you develop qualities. I have a lot more empathy. Yeah, I when I see do. somebody with a disability, I'm, I'm very empathetic towards people with challenges, mm-hmm. and I cut them a lot of slack, and I have a lot of mercy. Yeah, because I have a paralyzed body, but I also have those other problems. Yeah, and they both carry equal weight so i know the difference so to speak yeah you you Um, i love the idea of empathy because it really i guess that's one of the fruits of adversity especially that you're suffering personally is you get you you get a taste for compassion you get a taste for charity i do and you know and like you'd mentioned before the break i don't necessarily like to get in people's faces Mm -hmm. but i just tell my story and allow them to Attach it to their life. Yeah. But one thing I believe strongly in is taking personal responsibility. Yeah. You're, you own it. I, my friend shot me, but I own it. Yeah. I was there. I chose to walk down that street. I was involved. And even if I hadn't done that, I still own it. You own how you handle it today. You own how you push your chair. You owned, I guess, I mean, you made four Olympic teams for crying out loud. So, so there's a perfect example. Had I been on my feet, I might have played college basketball. Yeah. Probably would have. Yeah. Not the Olympics. So it created this pain, yeah. this bullet that closed a lot of doors, opened some other doors. That is see, no one thinks like that. Well, see what I mean? But I mean, I guess you have got to got a lot of time to think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just sit around and think. Just sitting around <laughs> waiting for my check. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it works like that. He travels all over, getting on airplanes left and right. Do you um it also, I guess, forced you, you wouldn't be a speaker. You would have just been a business guy like the oh, rest of your family. Oh, I'd have been like an attorney or a talk show host. But I think it all, I think what it did for me, yes, it. I quickly realized at 14 I'm not going to probably roof roofs. Yeah. <laughs> not that I can't. No, be creative you could. And with you could me up the ladder. Whatever. But I, it, it gave me a path. It mm. gave me identity. It gave me a direction. It, it forced me, in a sense, down... And I've been so blessed to have amazing people around me. Oh, yeah. Uh, incredible family, yeah. friends. It wasn't, we'll, we won't go to Lake Powell anymore. It's, we will go to Lake Powell and we'll take Mike with us. Yeah. And he will water ski. It'll just be different. different. What's your, how do you water ski? I just lay on this board and the oh, water yeah, they goes under. Oh, yeah, those knee boards. Pants the... Yeah. And I've the... lost my trunks plenty of times. <laughs> didn't know it. You know what? I heard from the park rangers that they don't actually want you back. <laughs> Till you can keep, till you wear suspenders with your swimsuit, they, they don't yeah. want you back. Yeah, the world's first nude disabled water skier, <laughs> disqualified for nudity. Um, it's funny too because there's you you handle it like I, I think we don't get it right. So the rest of the kind of the walking world, they don't get your world. 
So I think that's why it seems like you they're probably looking at you is they they don't get you. And so you make it you make it more real. Like you don't They're curious. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know really what's in my anybody's mind. I no. don't really know what's in your mind. I just hope that people would look at me and in their brain build a handicapped parking stall. Yeah. Or build a ramp or if they're curious, hey Mike, what happened? Because if I'm over here and see the advantage of being in a wheelchair, yeah. You can see it. Yeah. Hey, can I open a door for you? Can oh, I reach yeah. that for you on the top shelf? Can I help you? Can I lift you? Whatever. They whereas if someone's depressed, I don't know how to help. I just say, How you doing? That's about it. Maybe yeah. smile. Be I don't strong. even know they're depressed. Yeah. No, right. I mean so see, that's interesting. So, and so the that's visual the versus adversity. the hidden, I almost think that's what's so important about taking responsibility is be willing to say, I have this problem. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're an idiot. No. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're real. We, we have a lot of problems with that, like mental health issues. We don't want to accept our stuff. We don't want people to know. We don't want people to know we have a disease or a problem or we don't want to know. We don't want – we just hide it. So do you, I guess that's part of it is take responsibility for it and I guess somehow let it – not let it be your identity but but – how does it not? Well, you know, and it depends on what it is. Yeah. If it's a visual thing like a wheelchair, it will become part of your identity. Mm-hmm. If it's something no one ever sees, it's only your identity. Only you know head. that. It's yeah. in your head. And I challenge everybody. I challenge your listeners, listeners right now to find their bullet. What stops you? What paralyzes you in one way or another mm. from being the best you can be? Sometimes disabilities and adversities aren't just cancer and wheelchairs. Right. They could be anything. Fear. It could be fear, laziness. Yeah. Uh, don't know. Don't dare take the first step. So, find that. Find that thing that stops you, and get it out of your system. I mean, I had to get that bullet out of my spine. It spent two years in my spine. Did it really? Yeah. And uh, but I can now hold it up. I can look at it. It doesn't cause me to shake. It's just kind of part of my life journey, and I don't see it as this big weakness. Yeah. Well, you've you've I guess molded it into some other meaning. In fact, I'll have you tell the meaning because you present the bullet in your speeches, and it'll blow your mind how he presents this the the bullet lead, the lead award. Get the lead out. Get the le- <laughs> get the lead out for crying out loud. We're gonna take a break. We're coming back with Mike Schlappy, and he's gonna start teaching us uh, what to do. What are, what are we supposed to do when we're out there with some ad- with adversity? How do we help other people? How do we not get in the way? How do we not just kind of make it worse by looking at them and and not stepping in? He's going to give us his insight, and he's going to teach us uh, what he did with that bullet. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Everybody to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we spent the last hour talking about adversity. You know, we're all uh, having some form of adversity or another. Sometimes it's just a bad day. Sometimes it's a family history. Sometimes it's you know what happened to you when you were a kid. We carry that around, uh, and sometimes we carry it around. Even like our guest Mike Schlappy carried a bullet lodged in his spine. Two years, Mike. Yeah. Quick story. Yeah. Got shot, 
didn't want to do surgery, had the bullet in my spine for a couple of years. A couple of years later, just getting used to this world, uh-huh. broke my arm, arm yeah. wrestling. Oh so I went goodness. from having four limbs to two to one. <laughs> to one. I how, went in circles. How, yeah, how, so how do you push a wheelchair <laughs> with one arm? I went in circles. It ticked me off. Anyway, <laughs> when they did surgery, they uh, took the bullet out of my spine. When they did surgery on your arm? On my arm, and then they also flipped me over and took the bullet out of my back. Wow. And so when you say I carry it around, it's not like I carry it the movies yeah, and the no. malls, but I mean yeah. I share it with people when I speak. Yeah. And I, I also bring my Olympic medals. Yeah. So I got my gold medal, my bronze medal, and how what they mean to me. And bronze medal doesn't mean you're a failure and all that stuff, yeah. success. And, and then I pull out my bullet and let it take an equal place in my life with these Olympic medals because in a way – it's helped me or created who I am every bit as much as sports and these yeah. Olympic medals. So you have like two gold, a bronze. I have two gold medals and two bronze medals. Oh, and a lead. And a silver medal. No, a piece of lead, yeah. yeah. I don't have any silver medals. No. Those guys lose their last game. <laughs> that's right. You don't want to be a loser. <laughs> so See, that's yeah. fascinating. It's part of it, I guess, is one of the keys to adversity I'm hearing from you over and over is own it. It's yours. It's now yours. Make it what you will. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to own it? Unless everything's yeah. negative, then you want to give something negative to somebody else. But this pain can be positive. Um, and again, it's, it's such a difference between somebody that didn't do anything or yeah. depressed. Or, I, but what I think that one of the keys to pain or adversity is attach a purpose. Mm. Attach a meaning. Like a higher meaning, a higher purpose. higher purpose. If I came in here and said, cut your hand off, no, that would hurt. No, thank you. Yeah. If I said, oh, but Matt, it'll save your child. Huh. In a heartbeat. Gone. No, I mean, not even a... So I think if any of us can start to attach a meaning or a purpose to our pain, um, you start to see it differently. You start to count your blessings. Uh, it starts to work for you. Mm-hmm. Rather than be this anchor yeah, drag that you you're down. hauling around. And it's not a shame. Mm-mm. It is an absolute badge of honor to be able to overcome anything serious. I guess even if you didn't want the challenge, you, you can still, you can get out. I mean, you didn't, you didn't want to be shot. So, I mean, to me, that's the equivalent, I guess, metaphorically of, your, of a husband leaving a wife and her children. Just being a jerk and leaving. Yeah. You didn't. She didn't want that. No. But there's a way to attach a purpose and a meaning to Find that. Find the purpose. To looking back, yeah, you will see how you develop some character and you've grown from it. And through it all, if you can count your blessings, I mean, yes, I sit here in a wheelchair. Let me tell you this: a week later, that a week earlier, that gun had hollow points in it. Would have blown me apart. I would have been dead. If my friend would have been ten feet away, I would have been dead. When I went in the hospital, they took an X-ray. Yeah. Couldn't figure out how the bullet went in and lodged in my spine. My heart was in the way. Couldn't figure it out. Why aren't you dead? My heart was on an outbeat. No way. When they took the X-ray on an inbeat, when I got shot. So if I focus on those positive things. My arms work. My yeah. brain works. I, I'm not trying to sit here and be all Mm-mm. solve everything, but it really is a great coping mechanism to just start counting your blessings. Count the blessing and find the higher purpose. I mean, you're a miracle just look, thinking about your x-ray in the heart. I mean, that's you shouldn't be here. No, that half an inch made a whole lot of difference. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You're like 
I'm here to say you're pretty lucky. I yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I have plenty of bad days. Yeah, oh yeah. I live in a lot of physical pain. So, but but my purpose is I could sit here on this whole show and be a why baby, why me? Yeah. But I could easily sit here on this show and say life is awesome. I've been blessed. Do you think it'll? I mean, it seems like too. It makes the next adversity easy. Not e- but easier. You you're gay because you're not. These aren't just concepts. You're actually you're getting skilled at finding a higher purpose, taking responsibility. So it seems like every trial you have, and you you haven't had a cakewalk life either. So it seems like every trial you have, you just keep strengthening these skills. Yeah, I think you train your brain, you train your emo, you train yourself how to deal with things. Hmm. And you know, I'm again, I'm not no model person of how to deal with adversity. I mean, maybe I am. You part, are part of what fuels me, honestly. Part of my higher purpose. If me living the life I live can have somebody walk by me on a sidewalk, if I can keep them from committing suicide, hmm. if a listener is driving down the road in a truck or a Cadillac and they can see that sunshine instead of the cloud, that that is one of my purposes that makes kind of keeps my little engine going. Of why this is okay? And then you, so that's interesting. So in the morning when you're feeling pain trying to get out of bed and, and wheel into the bathroom or whatever, you got something to think about, this higher yeah. purpose. Yeah, I, I think it's so important that uh, we have the, not just the how to do something, but the why we're doing mm. it. Yeah. I mean, I can how to do this, but if I know why I'm yeah. doing it, it adds a deeper meaning to it. And it's in your heart, right? That's that's the universal. You can take that anywhere. Yep. And, and again, how... How you handle adversity, this is your famous line in a way, is eh, it's, it's different for everyone. Everyone's going to do it differently. The principle, though, is connect to the higher purpose, own it, take responsibility daily. You don't want to give it to anyone else because then it's completely out of your control. Yep. And, uh, you know, find your bullet. Mm. Yeah, some find people, your bullet. Some people, we're talking about pain, they don't even know what it is. I know you knew wheelchair— yeah. Some people know I don't feel good, but half the people out there that are just depressed, they yeah. don't even know. Right. They can't even put a word to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm probably yeah. over. But No, but you're right. But until you can label it and say, this is this, I own it, it's my bullet, you know, I, I have a pornography problem. Okay, now I can deal with it. Yeah. And again, I'll come back. When someone overcomes a severe addiction, I don't look down at them. No way. I absolutely salute them. Yeah. Because to me, that is tough. Yeah, and if they can do that, they should be so proud of themselves. Totally. It's cool. Um, sometimes, I guess, I look at like a, a person that's been married four times and has dated fifty horrible people, and their line is, "How come I'm just such a dork magnet that just attracts every bad man in the world?" But that very well may be their bullet, and it's lodged in their wherever their brain, and they don't know. They don't even know that they're the owner of their own adversity. Yeah, sometimes they would. They just are. They just have bad luck. <laughs> fifty yeah, times. Well, you have fifty times in a row. They are bad luck. That's I'm not it. going to Vegas. That's with right. Uh, I mean, but I have known some people that yeah. are bad luck. I knew a guy was paralyzed, a paraplegic, and then he became a quadriplegic. But oh. those are physical things. Yeah. I I just think the mind is tricky. Yeah. We can hide things. We can pretend. We can fake. But once we just open it up and talk to somebody, there's no shame in going to someone and saying. If I wouldn't have had help, I wouldn't be alive. If yeah. I wouldn't have had help in the hospital, I'd have had no clue how to drive a car yeah. or push a wheelchair or get dressed or do all the things that a wheelchair makes you do differently. 
So I guess, again, I'm just more open and transparent, but I think that's a very, it's a healing mechanism. It's a way to cope. Yeah. Humor is a wonderful, yeah. you know, joke. There's nothing wrong with You're laughter and smile and joke. Just, I mean, you just threw out ways. a quadriplegic joke. Did I? You did, did you not remember that a few oh, minutes ago? Yeah. And, uh, but the irony of that is we wouldn't dare throw just out a quadriplegic, let alone in front of a paraplegic. <laughs> but you, but it's interesting. Um, it was, it was actually really beautiful in a way because it shows your openness of your mind that what are, we're not this. We're not all this or the lack of this. Did you notice when you lose your legs, so you lose a part of your body. Do you lose, does it do, what does it do to your identity? Like, what does it do to you knowing really who you are? It seems like if we could almost, it, 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 it's got to impact your ability to get to a deeper you. How did it? Well, I lost two-thirds of my body. So my wheelchair is not just pushing from point A to point B. We're talking pain. We're talking bowel and bladder issues. We're talking sexuality issues. We're talking my mental image of who I am. I'm an athlete. I watched my legs get skinnier and skinnier. But I promised myself I was never going to let my dreams, my thoughts, Hmm. atrophy. Yeah. And so the brain is tricky. It'll take you for crazy rides. So we have to control it it and use it to our advantage. And uh, But for me, I just had to find... That new identity. I, I don't think I completely lost my identity. That's where wheelchair basketball became so important yeah, for me. You had something. Else. I was still a basketball player. I was yeah. just doing it in a wheelchair. Well, you you actually or tennis or well yeah you you play tennis too, but you 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 also lead it. You're not just you're not even just playing. You invented you created a league, right? Uh, where is I, it? I founder created, and director of Wheelchair Sports Foundation. Yeah, I organized that and the Wheel and Jazz, a great wheelchair basketball team in in Utah. You're you're on. You were on the board of the 2002 Olympics. I mean, you were. You just. You got real. You got. You're the bomb. Well, I'm not on the bomb. Well, you're a bomb. <laughs> I'm a bomb. <laughs> you're a bomb. <laughs> Is that accent a bomb? Or yeah, a bomb? I said bomb. That's my Utah accent. <laughs> bomb. But you, I. I didn't. You know. I was just thinking about. I'm trying to be all philosophical here. If we had got on this talk show here, and I had still had not told everybody that I was in a wheelchair. No, no. They wouldn't know, and they'd probably be thinking, this guy's not really comfortable with his disability. I can own it. I can admit it. Yeah. I can tell people I got shot. And then yeah. I say, and what's your problem? Yeah, <laughs> That's right. What's your deal? I've what's been shot. Deal? I got shot. What's your problem? Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of it, again, and it comes back to the ownership, take responsibility, but even verbally. Say it. Say it. it. Put it out there. I mean, you can yeah. see my chair, but even if you couldn't, I think it's an advantage to look in the mirror and say, yep. I got a problem. And that's the starting point. You know what? That happened. We went to lunch once. It was snowing. Do you remember this? Snowing, like a foot of snow while we're at lunch. And we're on our way out. Did you, you buy? I probably did. Oh, I don't remember I mean, that. you then. didn't okay. buy. Come on. I don't, you probably tried to buy. <laughs> I think neither of us bought. We just ditched. <laughs> we, we ran out. But you're like, you hand me your keys. Dude, will you go get my van and bring it over here? Now, honestly... Right there, my respect for you of everything you've ever done went up a thousandfold. Because in my head, I said, I would never right now be able to ask another man to go get my car and bring it over here. <laughs> but I honestly, that was the coolest thing. Because what it showed me is you're, it's not humility. It wasn't even humility. It was, you're so okay with it. You are so okay. 
and you, I mean, you're just okay with it. What well, other, I guess what other choice do you have? But well, but some aren't. I, I am okay with it, but let me tell you what else it shows in my mind. I'm fine, but I can't even get to my freaking car. Yeah. There's simple snow and yes, I could push through it, but it would be a mess. My hands would be cold. I'd have snow all over yeah. my lap. I physically, you could have I done. physically probably couldn't even but have gotten my, to my van. But my male ego is like, I could never do uh, that. And see, I learned a long time ago to let that down and Did say you? there are many times I need help. See, and people aren't going to always ask me. Yeah, I have to because I wouldn't have asked you. you might think, I don't. Can want... I, how can I drive your car? Does he have well, hand controls? And or what do I, do? I don't want to diminish you. Yeah, I, I mean, want to the dude can get anywhere. I don't want to offend you, but no. So, so I have a responsibility as a person mm. carrying around adversity. I have a responsibility to help those around me deal with it. Yeah, I can't sit in a corner and wait for every aunt and uncle to come over and say, "How can I help you?" And do this. Yeah. Say the right thing. Do the right thing. It's you have to open up your adversity love and let the sunshine in, let yeah. the love in, let the Lord in, what, let right. the world in. What what if your adversity is your spouse? You can't just sit there and hope one day he'll get you. You have to figure out a way and be open, transparent. I love that. And people don't because they think it makes them look weird yeah, and yeah. weak. Are it weak. makes you look strong. Oh, they're so. I, mean, I you that think, told me a lot about me because I'm like I. That's a big ego that I wouldn't even. Like that shot. I mean, it didn't shot. That was groundbreaking for me. Yeah. Like that is that was I, that is the coolest thing I know about you. Was that, that I let you drive my cool van? I my did drive grand it, and that caravan. Was way cool. But I think you said don't touch the don't, don't touch, touch the handle. Just use your feet. <laughs> you can drive it normal. You don't need to use my stupid. No, but hand I was. Controls. I did. By the way, I went and did some donuts. Oh, good. You it's a lot don- easier to oh, do I... some donuts with your hand <laughs> yeah. paddles. Um, I also think the uh, what what advice do you give? Because you also had somebody came, come in that kind of rocked your world when you were in the hospital, who kind of became a mentor, also wheelchair-bound. Yes. Remember? Very good. I do remember. So, because to me, this is, you almost, you had this person come in, little angel for a moment, kind of rock your world, if I recall, and then, but it seems like you took on that mantle too, and you go share that. What's the power of, of being a, a model, a mentor? Well... When your world's been changed like mine, even though you're willing to go do something different, you don't know how. Mm. He showed me how. Who was it? Mike Johnson. Vietnam vet. Lost his legs. Lost his fingers. Just the fact in my mind that he came to visit me. I knew he drove his car there. He was alone. I knew he must have parked, so he drove. Then he told me he had a family, had kids, went to school. I'm like, hey, if he can do it. So can I, just the typical yeah. role model. Yeah. But and then and then to me, I believe you know you've come full circle with your adversity when you take it and start using it to help other people. Mm. I have one motive sitting here on this microphone, Matt. Honestly. I don't know your listeners. I can genuinely in my heart I want to help somebody. Mm-hmm. I hope there's somebody driving down the road that I could say something or touch their soul that they would take the steps to start to heal. Feel the love, not, you know, from me or from you. Yeah. But that's that's what kind of motivates me. That's what tells me more than anything that I'm okay with my disability. Yeah. Is when I can now use it to bless other people. That's huge. Well, I if I had that epiphany that if if we would all just get into that idea, our adversities would be irrelevant. Service. It's just yeah, get in line. Oh, so you've got that one? Oh, I've got this one. Oh, you think that's bad? Look at this. Makes, could... me, makes me feel better when I get outside of myself. I love the little saying, 
when your lot feels empty, build a service station. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, that's really good. Okay, Mike, give us one more thing. What's what's the one thing um, for anybody out there suffering in adversity? One, I did get out of yourself, take responsibility, um, find your bullet, see what's stopping you. Um, what else? What's what would you say overall the key to the adversity? Managing it, getting over it, learning. I think one thing that's critical. I don't know that it's the most critical, yeah. but it's a component. Educate yourself about what you're going through. Mm. You'll realize how to do it, how to get through it. Other people have gotten through it. The more you learn about anything, the more you understand it. It's all about the understanding. Yeah. If you understand there is a way out of this, there is help, there is medicine, there is this strategy. So, so if you hide, you get no help. But if you educate yourself, you read, you listen, you think, you ponder, you talk to people – it's a source of hope for you because now you're going through the same thing that other people yeah. have been through. I almost promise you, any one of your listeners out there, whatever they have, someone else has it. Oh, yeah. You uh, know that there's a blog on it? Oh, probably and a blog, a, a yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no they, they go through it differently. Sure. But someone else has dealt with it. And it, you know what I love about that is it just gives you something else to do. So when you think you have nothing else to do, you can always learn. And learning, you may not even use half of it, but- I mean, you know stuff that about being wheelchair bound or paralysis that is not even your problem, but other people suffer it. Oh yeah, and I've learned so much. I I even believe your listeners already understand this because they're listening to this show. Yeah, they're getting hope. They're getting inspiration. They're listening to the great people you bring on this show yeah. regularly. Yeah, so they're constantly filling themselves with good instead of destruct- destructive thoughts. That's so huge. That's BYU's model seeing the good in the world enter to learn go forth to yeah that's the school go forth to do oh that's the school we're okay. talking broadcasting oh sorry geez. the broadcasting side oh, yeah. see I'm the good in the world football BYU football that's sorry good. hey they're doing pretty good <laughs> they are you know. Wisconsin this weekend I know oh, okay sorry <laughs> we love you Wisconsin <laughs> but sorry you're gonna have to lose um okay Mike help us uh the book shot happens let me say it shot happens can't I say it I no, want to swear no, again you online don't say. oh freak and they can find the book on your website. Yes. Anywhere else? Amazon? Yeah, I think you can find it there. They can call me. They can email me. If, if I can help anybody out there, an organization, come share my story, I would be happy to. Go check out his blog. too. Go to his website, mikeschlappi.com, S-C-H-L-A-P-P-I.com. Happy Schlappi. Uh, check out his blog. And honestly, he will respond so email him and go check out his book as well mike you're the best good to see you matt appreciate you coming thank you we'll be right back we're gonna uh when we come back we're gonna be talking about why some people blossom and why some don't hannah montana is going to be educating us on that one this is the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just love Mike Schlappi. You know, Victoria, you loved it? I loved it. I thought it was great. Pretty cool, isn't he? Yeah. He's the bomb. He rolled over my foot, though. Hurt like a mother. Hey, uh, (laughs) Hannah Montana's back here. Uh, Hannah, you have been doing some research. Apparently, we all handle our adversity differently. Some blossom, 
some don't. Why? So we were talking a little bit about how there's a difference between having a bad day and then adversity. Right. Um, you meet a lot of people, you know, where they're having a bad day. There's people who will take it really positively. Yeah. And they're like, like it's just you, a Matt, day. you're like, it's a moment. I, but that, I don't really take it. That's just how my brain, I can only yeah, think well, moment no, by moment. I think that's super healthy, though, okay. to be able to categorize it as a moment yeah. versus like, oh, my goodness, my entire day is ruined. Or if someone does poorly on a test, their entire week they, is they ruined. They awfulize it. Like, I will never go to really, college. really, really, really bad. Right. Um, it's the exact same thing when it's not just a bad day and it's adversity. Uh, there's people who like Mike. He had a really hard experience yeah. and he totally blossomed from it there are also people who have really hard experiences and not so much blossoming um they can become really bitter really negative um i had a friend uh whose dad recently passed away he had cancer mm. and when he was diagnosed with cancer um Eventually, he came to terms with it. I feel like everyone that, yeah. even if they initially don't do so Struggle. well, that they, they, time. that they come to terms with it. Um, but his initial reaction was to be very bitter yeah. um, and very negative and very angry yeah. and very upset. Um, but if it's truly adversity and not just a bad day, you will learn to be okay with it. It takes, yeah. If you're spending the rest of your life or what whatever time for in his case he had left he came to the realization oh i have so much time with i only have so much time with my kids and um but i think it's i think it's much healthier to view it in terms of how you do it mm -hmm. with a bad day that it's a moment yeah it's not the rest of your life because well, also it's 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 still your life and if you've been diagnosed you still have life yeah and, and so how you see it that's why I kind of like the moment idea because I, I've just learned everything is going to pass. Even a stomach ache usually passes. <laughs> usually. And, um, it Except all, for the one you've had for the last I 20 know, years. I know. That's been chronic. Oh, well. Some people say I ought to look into it. Um, but I guess in the end, and this is probably part of it, and Mike it really got into it, is it's your, it's your life. Mm -hmm. And you can end it with the poison. There's a great quote Stephen Covey used to say all the time that says, it's not the snake that bites you that kills you. It's chasing the snake that drives the venom to the heart. You know? That's it's not getting good. shot that kills you. Well, I guess it could. But it's what you do after you've been shot, like Mike taught us, that drives the venom to the heart. Mike moved on. Mike learned. Mike trained. Mike worked on his brain. Absolutely. It's cool. Because you can, you can sit there and be really angry and upset. And I think most of us, that we need to apply this to not just the adversity things, yeah. but to the little stuff. Yeah. That if I wake up and Bad I roll hair my hair around yeah. and my face around and my makeup and it goes on yeah. poorly that morning. Well, you do. That, let's be real, though, Hannah. You need to learn how to do your makeup so that you don't roll around to put it on. But like look a lot how of, perfectly it goes on. Today. I, like I lay it, I you lay lay it out. And then you just and bang then your head just, down. <laughs> Yeah. Our next guest is going to have to help you with that one. Peggy's going to walk you through proper makeup techniques because I'm pretty sure you're going to get an eye infection one day when your lipstick gets stuck in your eyeball because you're rolling around. <laughs> on your makeup. Again, I don't actually I do do makeup, not to brag, but I, I have, you have I do a makeup. PhD, yeah. I have a Ph.D. and I do makeup for TV. And so I know a lot about makeup. I've been to the Nordstrom makeup. You counter. don't just lay it out. And no. Oh, that, no. That doesn't even make no. sense, Matt. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't like to talk about it, but I will. Um, well, I appreciate you. Hannah Montana did it again. She's not even Miley Cyrus, but uh, she's playing Hannah Montana on TV. We're going to take a break. We're coming back, and uh, 
Our good friend Peggy's going to be joining us. She's going to teach us, I, I guess, the ins and outs. We call her wisdom. She's the wisdom component of the show. A lot of us lack wisdom. Uh, with Skyboy gone, and we'll even ask her about a little head lice problem that Sky's having. She's the mom that's raised hundreds of people, and uh, she's going to be back teaching us how to deal with adversity. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back everybody the laser just fired this is the matt townsend show and uh we are back with uh wisdom we call her <laughs> i had to laugh when you said that you really are wisdom because <laughs> see on the show a lot of times we're just flippant i don't know if you've noticed we're young we're we're not i'm not i'm not you're you but you're you're with me they're young people our team here but peggy woodruff is a queen of wisdom that's the new title Queen of Wisdom. Oh, good. Really, because... I always wanted to be queen. You, you queen for a day. You, because here you sit, you're, um, we're not giving ages. You're not old, really. No. But you're, you have, you're a mom of six. You also, a lot of you have seen these LDS missionaries that go out, they're in their white shirts, little black badges. They go all over the country. A lot of people don't even know this. There's about 80... 5,000 of them, I think, right now. All over the world. All over the world right now. You and your hubby went to um, Recife. Is that what you call it? Recife. Recife, Brazil, which is a pretty tough town. And you led hundreds of missionaries, 200 at a time probably. Mm -hmm. Or less, yeah. Or less. For three years, Mm -hmm. you and your family went and were in charge of these missionaries. So you not only raised your six kids, you raised hundreds of missionaries. And today we're talking about adversity. So you were their mom. (laughs) You had to, you know, you had to get them to the hospital. They'd have appendicitis. They'd have all these things. Some weren't brushing their teeth. Some had infections. I taught them a lot of things about stuff staying alive (laughs) so so in all your few years and again i also what i love about you too you're on um the sister show here classical 89 yes so they can find you just by going i guess looking up classical 89 or going to byuradio.org is the website classical 89 listen to a web stream there or we're on 89.1 and 89.5 here locally okay wisdom though because you bring another view to the show and i think a lot of our people like to hear it it's because it's intelligent um what did you learn there three or i mean just in life what have you learned about adversity adversity well if you're talking about going to brazil i must mention my son david who was 16 oh. when he came home and two days before christmas we said guess what we've been called to go to brazil for three years oh, no <laughs> and he was a freshman. No, he was, was he a sophomore? Might have been. He was 16. A sophomore in high school. Had a girl that he liked, had decided to get a, an associate's degree before he graduated from high school in electronics. So he's a smarty pants. He's really a smarty pants. Yeah. <laughs> and he had his life planned out for the next 10 years, and here we are. You threw him a curveball. 
a Portuguese curveball. I've got to give him credit because he didn't say, "Mom, I'm not going. I'm staying. I'm staying with my friend. I'm staying with Uncle Steve. I'm staying with Grandmother." <laughs> um, he frowned a lot. Yeah. And he was quiet, and we have pictures of him at the airport when we left. Brownie. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. And he sat on the deck, on the porch, on the seventh floor deck in Brazil. In your new place. For hours at a time and pounded on the piano. But, you know, that guy never let mm. it really get to him. He went. He did it. He served and his time. And in the end, he loved it. Did he? He loved it. Is he the one you talk about that went to school and at first the school wasn't, it was an American school? Yeah, it was. Or an international hard. English school or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, he, but in the end, they loved him and he got integrated. And Well, he was only there for a year. He, oh. he attacked. Oh, he got so far ahead. His curriculum. He went online and did classes there and graduated a year early and went on his mission when he was 18 instead of 19. Cool for him. And so he really was in Brazil for three and a half years. Did he go there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went down to the south of the country from where we were in the northeast. How neat! So you know, there there's a boy who took adversity, who took, who suddenly realized that his life was not going the direction that he thought it yeah, was curve going. Yeah, curveball. Yeah. But he owned it. He like Mike Slappy talked earlier that you got to get in and make it yours. It's yours. Own it. He took control. It was great. That's huge. So that's got to be comforting as a mom to see that because I'd be terrified that my kids were going to go off the deep end. <laughs> well, if my oldest son had been there, he said, Mom, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> he just would have. Luckily, luckily, he was already in Ukraine on his mission yeah. uh, doing good things. What so. did you see with all these missionaries? Because, you know, every one of them's different. Every one of them has different issues. Some of them, honestly, maybe emotionally weren't ready to go be away, let alone in a faraway country. What, what did you see about kind of the fortitude of a human day in, day out to go and change and be, you know, leave their environment of the U.S., their comforts? Or... Some of them couldn't do it. Some of them kind of freaked out and said, I've, I've got to go home. It's too hard. Then there's another young man who he had he had family history of mental illness and when he got to brazil he kind of went obsessive compulsive Mm. disorder just reared its ugly head in a huge way and he was panicking and i remember i went and sat with him in the office all one day and we called a, a mental health specialist in chile and helped him through it and by golly that kid stayed man and got some counseling and some medication and stayed the entire two years. And worked through it. And worked through it. What a great... And and I talked to him months and months and months later, and, and he had grown so much. Yeah. And I, I saw a lot of that, just the determination of people to turn lemons into lemonade, mm-hmm. as they say. What did you see? I mean, you also saw a completely different culture, a completely different world. And it's almost like sometimes we sit here in our first world country and we have these issues, mm-hmm. but you've been in a, it's a first world, second ish first world country, but adversity is, you know, it's very subjective to where you live. And I was going to say, you've never seen adversity until you've seen some of the places some that Some of the I've slums seen. in some of these cities are incredible. And my children could see that their troubles were nothing. Yeah, yeah. What a great perspective to, the, to see that 
You could be in Brazil. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Brazil's a very advanced place you know, in many ways. We grew to love it. Mm-hmm. It was such a warm and wonderful people. And they deal with a lot of troubles. And they're, yes, it's a, the South is kind of European. The Northeast yeah. is kind of polarized. You have the people begging in, at the intersections, and you have the people who live in the high rises yeah, the with their technology. Yeah. It's it's hard to see that. Yeah. But happy people. It's a, it really I mean, I guess sometimes it can be a cultural thing. It seems like there's some, for example, even families that are just more adaptive, they're just more able, they're just more resilient mm-hmm. to handle stuff than even other families are. Yeah. What what are you noticing just as you're getting on? I mean, like in life, you've got how many kids home? One kid home, two kids home. Oh, I they go to BYU. I've got one home right now, yeah. two in Brazil, and the rest, the other three married. So you know, half your kids are out of the house, half are semi kind of around still. Um, what are you What are you noticing about what you thought was adversity twenty years ago, and now? <laughs> You know, when we were first married, we moved into a neighborhood that was full of starter homes. Yeah. Full of people our ages, full of little babies and toddlers. And everything was so dramatic. (laughs) We have to take a meal to so-and-so. And And everything was just heartrending, it seemed. And I looked around me and I thought, where are the old people (laughs) to give us some perspective? Yeah, we need some balance here. So then we moved to Provo. Into a neighborhood with lots of older people, lots of younger people. And, you know, those dear widows and, and retirees who just say, oh, yes, I've done that. You'll, you'll live through that. Yeah, you'll be fine. It was great perspective. And it's true that age does just sort of make you more philosophical mm-hmm. about things. Do you think, is it that or is it just we lose our hearing so we're less responsive? <laughs> Very possibly. Because I'm, I'm already kind of starting to lose my hearing, I feel like, or my kids say I am. I'm not, I'm grateful to say. Are you? You still yeah. got it? I've still got my hearing. I love it. We have a person we visit um, that's a 97-year-old man and his wife and just the philosophy that they give us. So this is, I mean, this is a couple that's been married 70-something years. Mm-hmm. 75 years Wow. Old. Is that possible? No. It is possible if they're really young. Yeah, she, 75 <laughs> years. That's crazy. So, um, but the insight they give us, and they've gone through everything you can imagine. They've lost children. He's lost, he told me he has lost every friend he has. That's every a- friend he's had is gone. Before, His brothers departed. and sisters are gone. He's it. <laughs> I and remember he, my dad saying that, yeah. saying nobody's my age. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> but it's like, I guess part of this is, this is life. This is how life works. But there's so much wisdom. In, and I love, we take my whole family, we go, there are adopted grandparents, and we sit around their bed, and we, we just hear their stories. And he'll just tell us stories, and he's got an incredible mind. He can't hear anymore. So we write on a board and he sees it and then he'll just tell the story and he's so full of life, but the wisdom and, and yet it's almost, it's more beautiful probably to hear him tell the story of adversity after the fact, like 20 years later, 30 years later, Mm -hmm. 40 years later, because he's thought about it more. He's internalized it. It's not as, it's not as sharp and painful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Visceral is the word. Yeah. Are you noticing that in life? Yes. 
perspective really mm-hmm. does wonderful things for you. You know, inside, I really don't feel my age. I feel like I'm 25. When I look in the mirror, I think, who's that? Yeah. But Who's uh, that hottie? <laughs> Is that what you say? Because that's what I say every day. But yet, my perspective has changed. Yeah. And things things take on a different, a mellower Do you notice, view. how do you feel about watching your kids go through adversity? Oh, well... That's hard. See, to me, that's harder than me doing it. It is. It's the kind of thing where you say, I wish I could do this for yeah. them. Yeah, oh, I said that all But the time. why should we protect our children Mm-mm. from from those educational trials of life? Yeah. Take them to Brazil. They aren't, they aren't you know, delicate flowers. Uh-uh. They need to go through the same things we have. But it's not always easy to watch. No. Sometimes it's... You just let me just you just do it. Let me just do this for you. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll say, like, I'm making a, I'm making a weakling. I'm making a guy that won't be able to ever do this. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, you think of your son that you just you know there's no out. We're just doing this. Yeah. He cried. Oh yeah. And I cried with him, and and we got through it. Well, and it's an interesting dilemma or dynamic you going to Brazil because your husband was the mission president that was in charge of these missionaries and. You were there. You're the co-president helping, and yet you still had to be the mom. Yes, and frankly, I I split my time. Did you pretty much? I there were times when I just had to do the school thing and yep. the, you know the parent teacher conferences, <laughs> which took two full days because I had four children with seven teachers each. Oh my heavens! <laughs> well, and the some language. of the teachers were the same. Oh, but they were yeah. English. They could speak English, yeah. But I did learn I learned the language. How did you how did you handle the language? I mean, you show up in Brazil and you're, you you knew Spanish, like I American did. which seemed Mexican a, border which Spanish. seemed a trial to me at the time because when I when I went down to learn Spanish at the on the Texas border, I spoke French. Yeah. And so I thought, French. why? Why? <laughs> why me? Adversity. <laughs> Adversity. But what a blessing when it came to go to Brazil and I knew Spanish and French and Portuguese is a perfect blend yeah, of the is. two. So Latin I was based. able I was able to learn. So it was not a great hmm. trial for me. It was just, you know, everything's just easy for you, Peggy. No, <laughs> I don't think so. What advice would you give our listeners that are out there they just feel like, you know, it, the life's beating them up. Well, I think there are a couple of mistakes that we make with adversity. The first one is to feel wronged yeah. by the cosmos, by life, yeah. by God, God, by whatever. wasn't watching. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a mistake. Yeah. I also think it's a mistake to be always dreading the next trial, always thinking the car yeah. is going to crash, always thinking the child is going to fall off the cliff, yes, always thinking that the germs are going to be fatal. These will be fatal you this know, time. Why worry about things beforehand? When we should be living. Yeah. Oh, that's a human trick. Living and loving life. Yeah. And I think some people start to wear their trials like medals and sort of display them, mm-hmm. and that becomes who they are. Yeah. Maybe we ought to watch. I mean, if we're ident- – yeah, I'm a three-time car accident survivor, four airplane accidents. <laughs> and a, if, you're, if you're throwing them out there like that, you might be deriving too much identity yeah. from your trial. Yeah. It might be easier to say, I'm a – survivor i'm a son of god (laughs) and you know some some trials are just to be endured yeah and so the goal is to endure them kind of cheerfully or without resentment or without complaining too much i had the chicken pox when i was 34 you did i did 
Uh, Somehow I had escaped it. What does that look like? Um, (laughs) There was not one inch on my face that was not scabbed and and pocked. Not one inch on my face for days. Were you a good patient? See, I'd be a horrible patient. I. You know, I don't remember. You were unconscious. <laughs> no. I walked around for the first three days, day and night, walking around, walking around, just trying not to touch. Oh, my heavens. And with the rest of my body, too. And, it, and they were in my throat, and they were in my nose and my oh. ears and on the bottoms of my feet. And so that kind of a trial is just to be endured. It lasted about yep. 10 days. I It'll lived go through away. it. Um, you look great. You, you recovered. I only got two scars on the face. That's good. But who's <laughs> counting? And some trials need to be met with some head-on proactive yeah. strategy. Yeah, faith. How am I going to fix this and or what am I going to learn? Hmm. How am I going to be better at the end of it? And some trials last a long, long, long time. And some are, yeah, some are your life. I mean, it just seems like just living in this kind of mortal realm in the end it's just inherently going to hit you. It's like, you know, it's, it's eventually going to get you. It's going to get you one way or another. <laughs> You're going to be hit by life. It's but don't just, dread it. No, it's just going to happen. And you'll be fine. And when it comes, it's just take chicken a deep pox. <laughs> It's just 10 days. And now it's over and I'm glad. And you're glad. Until you get shingles. A derivative of chicken pox. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it is. Anyway. My mother-in-law has that right now. Uh-oh. No fun. Stay away from her. No, I don't know. Well, we were going to talk to you about Sky Boy and his potential um, head lice problem. So sorry to hear about that. Well, you know, we're actually not sure if he has it. So we don't want to spread a rumor, but um, he hasn't called us and told us otherwise. So we're just telling everybody it's head lice. <laughs> Which would just tell you if you're Sky Boy, you ought to call home once in a while. Uh, appreciate you, Peggy. You're the best. Thanks. They can check in at uh, classical 89 Dot org. You can listen to her. Noon to three. And you'll hear she knows everything about everything. Oh, yeah. She really does. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're going to play a game called Trainwreck. Trainwreck is a round robin game where we're going to make up adversity without even Sky being here. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That is the hoedown music, it sounds like. We're wrapping up the show, and uh, as we uh, you know, are known to do, we like to uh, play a little game. We like to goof around for the last 15 minutes of the show. We, it seems like we like to goof around for the first hour and 45 Let's minutes Let's face it, we just show. kind of mess around the whole time. Somebody needs to get control of this show. Nope, nope, nope. You'd think it would be Victoria's job. Should we call her Victory Bay? How's that? That's, we haven't found it yet. Okay. We've been talking about adversity. It could be victim. <gasps> I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> it seems dark. Why am I the one in charge? Well, you've got all the buttons. Oh. Button, button. Who's got the button? Skyler hey, wasn't the one that did that, though. Well, we never actually let Sky be in charge. Oh, God. I just, was actually running the show from the other room the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Sky doesn't know that he actually doesn't mix anything. He doesn't do anything. He yeah, just was... We just have fun with Sky. So Bryce was the brains and Skyler, we just, he's like more attractive. He's the brawn. He's the face of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you want to say face, sure. 
He's the he's the the front man. He's the he's the I don't know. He's the superhero. He's the superhero. So we're playing a game. The name of the game we're calling Train Wreck. Train Wreck. Train Wreck. Okay, now explain this game. Okay, I'm going to give you a prompt. Okay. Okay. The subject is Abby. Okay. Abby normal? Uh, no. Is Abby a person? Abby unfortunate. Oh, poor girl. Uh, <laughs> Abby. Okay, I'm, I'll give you this prompt, and then. Uh, we're going to make up adversity. We're going to make gonna, up a bad day. For we're going to make up one by one, but the rule is she can't die until the end. Okay. okay. All right. So we're just going to see if we can make it worse okay. than Abby unfortunate. So we'll just, we'll, Misfortunate. Go in, we'll go in a circle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go this way. Okay. okay. Now, here's the prompt Abby was smiling as she walked down the aisle, thrilled it was finally her wedding day when, Victoria, when she tripped in front of everyone. Wow, that's bad. And when she tripped, she pulled her hammy and started limping over near a tiki torch. (laughs) Peggy? She ran into the tiki torch. Oh, boy. It fell over and caught the matron of honor's dress on fire. Oh, boy. Hannah Montana. And then... She ran into one of the ribbon things tied to the chairs, and slowly the entire building was up in flames within 10 minutes. Wow. No one could put it out because they just didn't know how. This is tragic, Bryce. And then, well, the fire department showed up and had to put out the flames with a whole bunch of water, but the wedding was still in there with the wedding party, so then they all got soaked. Worst part was... Abby's dress, big, poofy princess dress. She wanted to look good. She couldn't run in her dress. Everyone else had the potential to get out. Abby was stuck. So, a firefighter unstuck her. Wait, could I... <laughs> could, Brilliant. How, how good looking is this firefighter? Gorgeous. No, he has to be ugly. No, a gorgeous firefighter. But if it's a bad day, unless like she does something really embarrassing. Well, she did. She caught on fire. Remember, this doesn't just she have to be... She burned down her wedding. This doesn't just have to be Abby's bad day. Okay, I'm going to plant uh, that thought. Okay. Okay, go Peggy. Peggy. So, the groom all the while is standing up by the altar, and he's looking at Abby and saying, I think I've made a big mistake. <laughs> this girl... Is a klutz. (laughs) She's a pyromaniac. Hannah? Yet somehow, despite the fact that her hair is completely burned off her head and her dress is pretty much in shambles, this firefighter is like, dang girl, I want to be with this bald woman. This bald, charred lady. And so after unstucking her, (laughs) he... He he lifts her up and picks her up and he heroically carries her outside. And she instantly falls in love with him. Problem though, why is he falling in love with like a klutzy, really unattractive person? He's a mass murderer. <laughs> she was his victim. Wow. I wasn't even gonna go there. <laughs> that got dark fast. That got very dark. <clears throat> And she loved it because he was edgy. <laughs> he was he was a bad boy. He was a bad boy, and he had a Harley. And with a leather jacket. 
Bring it home, Peggy. And it was, does she have to die in the end, Brian? Well, she no. doesn't have okay. to. But... She can be maimed. So, um... <laughs> you can maim Every, her. Everything was fine until the SWAT team showed up and put him in chains and <gasps> took him off to the pokey. Ooh. There she was, alone without a groom, and the bridal party was uh, trying to, you know, recoup their losses. There she stood upon the curb, weeping. It was a bad day for Abby. And then she was hit by a bus. <laughs> Don't stand on the curb rule. Especially in Brazil. They really do hit They you. will kill you. And don't, here's another just little moral. Don't, 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 don't have tiki torches at your wedding. Just I don't no think they're flames. even allowed in, in weddings. Yeah, just no open flames. Depends where your wedding is. See, you can make up any adversity you want. I thought we got a little dark when a mass murderer appeared. I was having fun. But he wasn't mass murdering. So I guess it's no, okay. No, he was fighting fires. He was fighting fires. He just had a history. Yeah. We can overlook that, right? Vicky. Yes, Vicky, Matt. Vicky, Vicky. Yeah, that might stick. Sticky Vicky, you brought in a mass murderer. <laughs> well, that's it, folks. That's the show. See, no notice. You can make up adversity like that anytime you want. And a lot of us do that. And then not only was the day bad, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Quit looking for the story. Just move on. Find the light. There's good. There's always good, right? Remember, to look for the good in the world. That's our goal here at uh, BYU Radio, to let you see that. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Peggy, for coming in as well. Thanks. Thanks, Vicki, for throwing in a mass murderer. Sure thing. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more tools to help you with this crazy thing called life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. BYU Radio.